0: Welcome, one and all, to the Film Harmonic with your hosts, Noah
1: East. And Andy Ferguson. We are coming to you live for episode 22 from Neckbrace Substitutes Horror Night, and we have a pair of below the radar films to discuss first, starting with Tim Heidecker's Mr. America, followed by Netflix's Breaking Bad film, El Camino, a Breaking Bad Story. <laughs> Plus, our Pick Six segment features a special guest assisting us in ranking the six best horror franchise debut films.
0: Leading us into the Throwback Challenge to close out the show, in which Andy challenged me with Ty West's The House of the Devil. And I gave him the Austrian film Goodnight Mommy. So, Andy, I think it's time we stop laboring the point and give the people what they came for. Eh? Let's do it. We kick off this week's show with Tim Heideker's newest passion project, in which he runs for district attorney of San Bernardino County, fresh off his acquittal of multiple murder. Let's discuss Mr. America. Mr.
2: America.
0: Andy, I think that you are uh, best positioned to give people the, the the premise of the film because this is this is pretty much your universe.
1: Yeah, and and, and when you gave your very sh- kind of short description of this before we started talking about it, it sounds very uh, serious and ominous, but it's a it, it's a satire, it's a mockumentary of sorts. Yeah, mockumentary. It comes from it's a whole built universe that's been built for several years now, the On Cinema at the Cinema Universe, where Tim Heidecker and comedian Greg Turkington, who most know as Neil Hamburger, the famously awful stand-up comedian, yeah. terrible one-liners, um, this time they're playing hyper-realized versions of themselves, in which they are a Siskel and Ebert duo. They review movies, and they have short... 1 to 5 bag reviews of movies that come out every week. But the twist is the comedic twist is that neither one of them really know what the hell they're talking about. Yeah. In very different ways though. Yeah. Greg Turkington is a, a self-proclaimed film buff. Uh, the world's foremost collector of VHS, VHS tapes. tapes. Yeah, yeah. and he—he's um, also an expert. Yes. He would call himself an expert of film. Yes, and he's here for the movies. Whereas his co-host. Well, Tim Heidecker. Tim Heidecker would say he's the only, he's host, the only host with a guest. Yes, every time that's Greg Turkington. Tim Heidecker wants to make the show about anything but movies. He wants to make. He takes this platform as a chance to promote himself and his business ventures and anything else that's and his going band, on. His, his span, band, Span, his shows, his spinoff shows, Decker yeah. and his band Dakar and their EDM spinoff group DKR. <laughs> yeah. So all of this culminates in he. Gets involved with a, a kind of holistic herbal doctor who prescribes him like some sort of vape kind of uh, medicine for his multiple illnesses that he goes throughout the show, and it turns out to be a kind of a deadly, literally deadly venture. where they put on a EDM music festival and hand out these vapes that Doctor San, this doctor. Uh, Prescribed Tim, and they actually hand it out to the festival goers. And and 20 of them die. Yeah. yeah. And there's a trial. They try him for second degree murder. They do for 20. They call it the Electric Sun 20. Yeah. Because the Electric Sun Music Festival is the name of it, where the 20 kids died. And long story short, Tim Heidecker gets away with it because only one of the members of the jury uh, have a non not guilty
0: plea so it's a hung, right. a, hung tra- a hung jury
1: right so he's acquitted of yes. all charges that leads us to well here where tim heinecker's character is running for district attorney of san bernardino county against the lawyer who tried to put him away yeah vincent Rossetti who he refers to as Rosetti, the, the rat. rat.
0: We have a rat problem. We one have a rat the, problem. One of the funniest bits in the whole movie is he, he goes to local businesses and puts up, uh, signs, yeah. puts up signs that says, we have a rat problem. And it's, it's almost very Borat-esque yeah. where it's and just it, like it is. Awkward it's and
1: awkward. We exterminate rat. the rat. Yes. yes. What do we do? Trap the rat. What do we do? We exterminate the rat. Yeah. And that's his philosophy. And his campaign is this whole rat problem thing. Yeah. Um, the great part about this mockumentary, one, you do kind of have to be involved in the universe to really know what's going on, but if you are, it's a treat because you start to realize how miserable and hopeless he is. The campaign is an embarrassment. Yeah, I mean, they, they don't even
0: get enough signatures. They, they spend the evening forging signatures. They,
1: they only have enough money to serve one Little Caesar's pizza at his speech. <laughs> yes. And, and they don't even get enough pe- people to eat an entire little Caesar's pizza at this thing. So uh, Vincent Rossetti is um, not concerned with Tim Heidegger. He never was. Uh, he's kind of annoyed that he lost that the trial the trial but, but but he's clearly going to be the district attorney for many more years to come. Yeah and, um, and uh, there's some great interviews, you know fake interviews in this with the judge. Um, who kind of had to quit his career because yeah. of how it went down? How unethical the whole thing was. He kind of bookends the film where he, he starts
0: out, you know, giving us the basis yeah. of it, and then yeah. awesome. and then his thoughts on it at the end.
1: What what this thing does though is kind of just um, it, it gives you kind of like an extra layer to the universe if you're already familiar with it because it adds this whole battle this battle that Tim and Greg have for the direction of their show once again Greg thinks this documentary is about VHS tapes he thinks it's about
0: the the Victorville Film Archive yeah he does
1: which is his his self-proclaimed own VHS archive which is just his collection of videotapes he consistently tries to make this documentary into a VFA documentary while Tim is consistently trying Trying to shun Greg out of the whole film altogether. I obviously have bias towards this. Yeah, I would assume. I don't think this is essential entry into the universe. It's it's good, not great. Um, what are you giving it? The bias in me goes four on this because, again, I think Tim Heidecker's this generation's best humorist. I think he's one of the great improvisational comedians we have. You can clearly tell this entire his entire performance is all improv in this movie. Yeah. Um, there's a sketch outline obviously, but he's just rolling with it and he's so deeply involved in this character to this point, uh, that it's a joy to watch.
0: Yeah. I, I, I'm not a, a nowhere near as well versed in the universe mm-hmm. as you are, but I, even I'm going to give it three and a half cause, cause it is really, really funny as long as you have a, a fundamental, like basic understanding of it.
1: Yeah. You could even, you know, someone who's never seen any of it could watch the clip on YouTube of the 10-minute rundown of yeah. everything that's happened until now, and be and and no one go into it. Yeah, I will say you do have to kind of like that the humor of Tim Heidecker though to really enjoy this. That probably is required. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, you
0: won't have a good time with this. No. Uh, our next film is a Netflix original following Jesse Pinkman right after the events ending the AMC hit series Breaking Bad. Let's dig right into El Camino.
1: El Camino. Uh, I'm going to let you go first here. What do you think of this well, film?
0: Well, I, I, I guess, again, kind of like Mr. America, Like, in order to even have a basic understanding of what's happening in this film, you have to have watched the show. And Breaking right, that is is one of those, like, the the most influential tv shows of that like that run of prestige tv from the late 90s to the mid 2000s that we've sure yeah that we've experienced so far so mm-hmm. well it's um, certainly one of
1: the most watched
0: and this one um is basically takes up picks up right after the events where that show left off and it follows jesse himself and i think part of this requires you to be a fan of the character of
1: Jesse Pinkman. Not just the character, but the actor too, I think. The
0: actor too, but I've never been a fan of that character. I don't mind the actor. I know you do,
1: mm. but yeah,
0: I don't I, I don't mind opinions. him. I just, I've never liked that character. Not a character worth basing
1: an entire film on. You
0: really have to if you're going to enjoy this film, apparently.
1: Yeah, I'm not the audience for this movie. I did not see this show until after it was almost over. Oh, really? I'd, I binged it all and like month basically when the last season was airing yeah and so by the time I got to the end of that binge I mean I saw maybe the last few episodes when it was happening yeah but um I was told by so many people that I would like this show and I I couldn't get on it I I couldn't and mostly because Jesse Pinkman is not a likeable character to get behind no he says yo and bitch so many times in a way that's so annoying End sentences with yo and bitch and it's like Aaron Paul repulses me for some reason. I don't... He's just one of those guys. I'm sure you have actors like this, too. Of course. Aaron Paul's on that short list for me. He's on that Aaron Taylor Johnson list for me. He just is. He's there. When I watch him, he's like, this guy really wants you to know he's acting. It's just he can't separate himself acting from just playing the role. Yeah. Like, it just looks... Like he's acting a lot, and and this is several years removed, and I didn't really see a lot of progression, yeah. As far as like the quality of his acting, yeah. In this movie, he's required to do a lot of stern looks and not a lot of dialogue out of him, yeah. Because there's some flashback moments where he literally never speaks hardly a, at all. One fun thing that we do get out of this movie, though, is Robert Forster. Yes, and Jesse Plemons. And Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Yeah. Mm. Is is aging a little bit? He is, and and he's actually quietly chilling in this movie. Yeah, he's creepy in this. There's a scene in this movie. It's not a spoiler at all. There there are spoilers we shouldn't get into, but definitely. But there's a scene in this movie where he's just doing something that's pretty kind of morbid. But he's just singing along to a song, driving along the road, and just singing gleefully along to a song. And there's like creepy the whole the whole. Theme, what's going on around him in that scene is very like morbid, for a be- lack of a better word. He's yeah. just like Sunday, like a Sunday drive, singing along to a classic rock or folk song. Yeah, it's, it's like a dad
0: rock, yacht rock
1: song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's that's one of my favorite moments of the movie. Yeah. Um, you know it's competently shot it's, it's fine it's staged just fine a lot of the shots are really nice some of the shots are like kind of saying look how great we set up this shot it's just but that that was breaking bad always looked good it, so that's
0: fine uh, but like this is it's kind of pointless honestly it's two hours
1: almost exactly Oof. and it feels longer I say it does say. doesn't it, is, it? it and you know what uh, not a lot happens. No. In this movie other than him kind of laying low and hiding out and and trying to get enough money to to get Robert
0: Forster's mm-hmm. character Basically to to
1: import him to get it, yeah, to get him <laughs> out of there. Forster's great in it.
0: Yeah, Forster is really good in it.
1: Very bizarre like I was telling you earlier off mike that he died the, the day, day this came out yesterday. on Netflix. Yeah. Which is just weird. Really weird. Uh Ultimately what are you giving it? Mm because Aaron Paul is in every scene of this movie, and I think he's just, just, just not good. I'll I'll be light on this. He's just not good mm-hmm. for me. You're basing a whole movie on that. I can't I can't recommend it. But star I'll go rating two and a half. On this. that's
0: kind of where I'm at too. It might be be uh, inclined to go as high as three, but that's that's it. That's I can't go any higher than that. Uh, We're going to take a break, but when we come back, we'll welcome Brandon Brown to the Film Harmonic stage to help us in ranking the six best horror franchise debut films. So don't go anywhere unless you're a scaredy cat. Ready for round two. Okay. Welcome back, boys and ghouls. We're going to dig right in as we are ranking the six best horror franchise debut films. And joining us is Brandon Brown, who will introduce himself in a moment. But I'm nothing if not a creature of habit, and tradition must never be broken. So starting, as always, with you, Andy, what is number six on your list?
1: Hi, I'm Andy Ferguson. I'm one of the co-hosts of Film Harmonic. And this is number six. (laughs) for me on the best debuts of horror franchises it is the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Okay, um, I did not know I was wrestling with this did not know if it should belong on this list But I ultimately went with the fact that it creeped me the shit out when I was very young. Yeah. Um, And every time I see it, I think about the first time I saw it, where I couldn't sleep for a couple of days, it seemed like, after I watched it. Because there's a very, like, there's there's an argument that this movie shouldn't exist. (laughs) Shouldn't exist? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's really no point to it, other than to be extraordinarily, realistically depraved and... um, There's an audience for that. Yeah, I'm not necessarily the person who loves a horror movie that just depicts a psycho tracking down a, a bunch of teenagers and basically dismembering them. But but if you're gonna do it, this is one of the better ones. It is. It is. It's. It's it, like I said. It's, it's like it feels very real. When yeah. When you're watching it, it still does when you watch it now, and it's what 45 years old at this point. Yeah, something um, like that. Yeah, 74. I think it came out. Um, but uh. Yeah, it's it's good enough. It's good enough to make, enough list to make the list. I will say this <laughs> There's a lot of franchises, but there's not a lot of great ones.
0: No, there... No. Th- yeah. The, which is, which so, is really funny because usually if you would... It, logic would dictate that if you're going to make uh, a whole franchise out of something, yeah. that uh, it's because it was so good to begin with. But which yeah. is funny because yeah. so many franchises are actually bad. And, and, and Brandon and I were talking earlier off mic about how like, usually what it is is that the first one, usually the first one is so good yeah. that um, that gives the studio an idea and once the studio gets too uh, uh, gets their hands in it a little too too much, that's when things go downhill big time. Good point. Yeah. And that's why we're going to see a lot of these a lot of these films are the only good one in the entire
1: franchise, yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's, 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 it's typical. It's yeah. typical. And I think
3: uh
1: I will say this franchise, the first one is obviously the best, but I didn't dislike some of the other ones. Yeah, me, me either. I had some fun with some of the other. There others. was that strange Next Generation one there in the 90s with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zelliger.
3: I,
4: what they did with Leatherface with that one, I mean, it it's very strange, but it somehow worked for it just because of the, the chaotic energy of the family and then you add you know, Leatherface, mm-hmm. being a cross-dresser all of a sudden. Yeah, right, yeah. Right here, right?
0: So. Uh, number six on my list is Candyman. You're not wrong. Um, no. Virginia Madsen, Tony Todd, mm. um, directed by Bernard Rose. Um, uh, this one's on my list just because I, I re it because I was like, well, I, I need to watch it, you know? Yeah. I remembered it being... Kind of lousy. This one was a big surprise for me because I loved it. It looks really, really good, and it's legitimately scary at times. Yeah. And it's it's got this psychological horror element where uh, everybody thinks that Virginia Madsen's the one who's yeah. who's performing the crimes, who's committing the crimes, when actually it's Candyman who's doing it. Um. And so it's it's almost got this psychological thing to it too, where like the rest of the world views her as crazy and wants to have her committed. And then um, there's also the racial element of it because because he's he not only is he a black killer, but he's. Predominantly killing black people in in impoverished neighborhoods in the in the in in the, the projects of Chicago, mm-hmm. um, so there's that like kind of twist to it. And how like the cops don't really care about about trying to solve those crimes, which is why these these women, Virginia Madsen and her friend from the university, who are studying um, urban legends and such, they're the ones who are trying to actually solve the crimes. So I, the, it's it's original and it looks really good and it's legitimately scary. The, one of my big takeaways from it was... It's got a fantastic score. Oh, the score is wonderful. really
1: good. It's like I was pretty, surprised. Adds to the to the, the kind of the, the the haunting elements. Yeah, it's too. got yeah,
0: this really like way. gothic classic music, yeah. classical music s- score to it that that you wouldn't wouldn't get from a lot of horror movies. No. And you definitely don't get from horror movies in this time that are set in an urban setting as well. Yes. Especially in the 80s, you or early 90s, you'd think that you'd be getting like some really cheesy like 80s electronic oh, yeah. music score, and not with this this one
4: that's what i kind of like about the score with this movie though it's like it's such an urban landscape everything's so gritty but when you hear this music it it feels sort of grandiose it, yeah there's a there's an air of it and it, it brings you back to the time that candy man was there it's just like when
0: he was originally yeah, there yeah, yeah
4: yeah it makes it feel like closer to him and that it really adds a lot to it
1: yeah Oh yeah uh, i uh, i recently rewatched this too awesome and um i liked it more than i thought i would also um i i, I like the fact that it's very patient to get where it's going to mm-hmm. true that because it doesn't mm-hmm. pummel you with violence right away oh, yeah. not at all it, it works its way there yeah. yeah i think tony todd appears until what like 30
0: minutes into the movie w- uh, yeah it's yeah. something like that it's it's even more than that yeah. but i and but he didn't need to because it was no. it was building all the dread beforehand, and and all the, the you hear all the stories about him before you ever meet him or see him, and it, he, the first time he shows up, I think is like in the parking lot, yeah, in the parking garage.
4: That's what I liked about his introduction into it too. It's just like now you have the established like mythos of Candyman, and it's kind of like okay, so we keep on hearing about this character, we don't really know about him, and then like bam, there he is, and it just makes it. So much more impactful when you hear all the stories and, and what happens to Virginia Matson up to that point. Yeah, I just really liked his introduction to that.
0: Awesome. Well, that that leads us right into it. Uh, what's number six on your list, Brandon? So, and get in, get in nice and close. Right. So my number six is Night of the Demons. Uh, I've been hearing a lot about this <laughs> film this week.
4: Yeah, and well. I don't know. Out of nowhere, this film has come back into popularity all of a sudden. Um, it's from 1988, and it's one of those one of those quintessential Halloween movies. Uh, kind of formulaic in a way. Um, it's uh, misfit teenager Angela is throwing a Halloween party at a funeral home that's supposedly built over. Um, An ancient uh, Indian ground that has a lot of spirits. Yeah, but (laughs) it's very funny. Uh, It's very much a product of its time, but it's just a really fun movie. Um, Just. kids in a house, but then everything goes awry and just a lot of fun gags, uh, fun lines. Uh, just one uh, instance, like a uh, girl brings out a, a strobe light and they're all just reacting to it. It's, hey, cool, this is great. And the girl says, oh, yeah, my mom was an acid
0: head. So it's just stuff
4: like that. It's just like it's just campy, it's kitschy, it's fun yeah. and it's, it's just a really good time.
0: That Okay, well, now I think I might actually have to check it out, because so, especially that sounds like a ringing endorsement. Andy, what's number five
1: on your list? Number five on my list is Scream. Um, I don't uh, I, 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 It's nostalgic.
0: It's nostalgic for me. Number five on my list is Scream. Also, really, so is it number five on your list, Brandon? <laughs> it's not number five. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. Well, let's, it, let's talk
1: about it. Yeah, this um. is this is
0: one of those things that occasionally happens where Andy and I have the same film at the same spot. Yeah. So, Scream. Yeah, same thing here. It's so much fun and a little nostalgic, and it's just it is. It's it's it doesn't take itself too seriously, and it benefits big time from that.
1: It does, and especially at that time, it was very influential. Like it, it sparked a new kind of direction for a lot of horror movies yeah. back then where it was okay to be tongue-in-cheek and you know self-referentially play, play around with things yeah like and still be s- somewhat scary i don't think it's watching it now it's, it's not, not super
0: scary necessarily no, it's but, not really
1: no uh, but wes craven always kind of reinvented things and yeah this was another one of those times when he did it um it for someone that old of a director even though in the 90s he probably wasn't like super old yet but he was still much older than the whole cast and the whole the themes of it he, he, he captured the, the vibrancy of the youth uh, you know and I think it's probably probably because Kevin Williams and script really tapped into that
0: that's probably the best part of the film it's not that like it's a bad directing job because right. like, it, it does look good but like the thing that's most impressive about it isn't the directing or the score or the performances it's the Writing the film.
4: Yeah, the writing is definitely. That's the star. Yeah. And, and I like it's it. fun. It's like, it takes that s- classic slasher, but it makes it punchy, it makes it witty, and it really freshened up, it up. It's, so many of them before, it was just about, you know. Boobs and gore but this one had fleshed out characters. It was realistic to the time and it's <laughs> one of those things where it's like I could probably see this on TV happening right now. But yeah, that's what made it what it is. Yeah.
1: I like I like that it kind of also the Nev Campbell character who you clearly know, even if you've never seen it, it was your first time seeing it, you know she's the one that's going to last the yeah. way that Jamie Lee Curtis and Halloween you know, they're that strong core that will outlast whatever's coming their way yeah. and, that, and and that's what I really appreciated about, just the Nev Campbell writing also yeah. it. And, and so, I don't know man it's just a lot of fun. Too. It is, it's a blast I could still, I'm going to watch it tomorrow and still, and still have, have a good time with great time with, time with, with it, it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, and it's one of the those series that the films didn't they weren't terrible afterward no, no. either. Like the sequels were mostly pretty good. I don't yeah, dislike I, any
1: of them.
4: Yeah, yeah I mean, s- Scream 3 could have mm, been better. That's my least favorite. Yeah, yeah. but
1: Scream 2, great. Scream 4 was
0: Scream 4 wonderful. is actually underrated. Yeah, yeah
1: Scream 4 was very good. Yeah. I think it's underrated. Yeah. But,
0: but listen to what you're saying. I mean, there's yeah, a lot of big time franchises that you can't say glowing things about oh, 2 and three,
4: 3 Not four. at all. Yeah.
0: You know what no, I mean? So This one is solid.
4: I all think throughout. 4
0: yeah. gets trash. And I don't
4: know why. I, I feel like at that point, most of the core audience, or they're trying to reach out to a new audience, and that maybe not as connected to the other three. Mm-hmm. So while you have those hardcore fans who've been there for the whole time with the four, they're going to, you know, be more uh, tethered to that series. Whereas the newer people coming in, yeah, and it's just like a lot of characters that we're not familiar with, with Hayden Panthier and Emma Roberts. Yeah. It's like they may not connect with them
1: as much, but it's a very solid entry into the... Uh, I agree. Franchise. And it, it's a good point because it came way later on. Yeah. Well, the like, first three came out kind of like solid two years after one another. Yeah. Fast and forward this one, a decade. 11 years yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: I, I don't think I've ever seen Scream 4. It. Uh, it's worth seeing. Yeah, so. for sure. What's number five on your list? So, number five on my list is Hellraiser. Mm. Ah, mm. see, Hellraiser is one of... One of my favorite horror franchises. And I thought for sure, not only was it going to be on this list, it was going to be really high. And I rewatched it, and I wasn't crazy about it oh, really? I realized that I think I like the sequels better than the original Really, with this specific one and one of my issues was that um, you don't see Pinhead until over a half hour into the film oh, yeah. and he doesn't speak until an hour and seven minutes into the film where there's only 20 minutes left in the movie oh. So instead of me trashing it, though, tell us okay. why you have it at number five. I want to hijack your thing.
4: Oh, no problem. So for me, Hellraiser is one of those stories. It's a slow burn, but that's what I like about it. It's, it's a, again, really fleshed out characters. I think for a horror movie, especially in the 80s where you have a lot of slashers dominating, you have something that's sophisticated. Uh, it's a love story, its or I'd say a lust story.
0: It's a lust story. story. Uh, I, I saw somebody online uh, uh, pin it down pretty accurately by saying that it's uh, that uh, this guy was such a good lay that she had to murder people
1: <laughs> to bring him back so that she, he would fuck her more, again. Did you just say pin it down?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, I, maybe that was a poor choice. <laughs> it was awesome. No, it was I love wonderful.
4: it. <laughs> but also, along with the sort of, you know... Uh, the breaking of what was popular in horror at that time yeah good the, point. The, the the villain also to me was I very mean, different not only
2: mental,
4: it's not him it's a yeah, gang it's, of them coming around and yeah like On Facebook it, he didn't happen to you, you or the, like, you, you he, he didn't just door stumble door upon you you
0: summoned him yeah you summoned him yeah, through and, the box
4: yeah and it's just it's one of those things where it's just like it's not so isolated and you just have some maniac who comes up to you it's just like no you knew what you were going for not exactly what was coming to you, but you wanted to seek out what he was
3: bringing.
0: And you can even make the case that, that he's not even the bad guy in the film. It's no, really it's, the woman. Yeah. No. It's that woman and and, and Uncle Frank, oh, basically. Uncle hey, it's Frank. the stepmom and Uncle Frank.
4: Yes. No. It's just like... It's, it's, pin or Pinhead was sort of a happenstance in this yeah. film. You know why? But it, it's just... It's one of those movies that is just like... there is It's really rich in the storytelling. Um... When they do have the gore, the gore is amazing. It's uh, I think really it's gory and gross. Yeah. yeah. The this practical effects nice. in this, yeah, I yeah, remember once in a bite. Where it was her throat was open. Yeah. She's so wet and moist the whole time. Yeah. And they just have such a presence on screen. And such a strong aesthetic.
0: I, I think the one thing that, that did make me dislike it was just that I, I don't think that Clive Barker's a very good
1: director. Yeah, when he directs his own stuff, yeah.
0: he's He needs someone else, he needs to write it. Because it's just it, he's not good at like framing shots and like moving moving his camera in in smart ways. It's just yeah. the movie does not look good. Yeah. Other than the gore is pretty fun, but it doesn't look good. Yeah, some of the, you tr- know?
4: the editing is kind of choppy. Oof. You're like. Uh, there's one particular scene I think is where Frank, as Percy's uh, father, is chasing after her. Yeah, She's like, come to daddy. Yeah, and like there's just like kind of this weird angle where it's kind of like close up and it's just kind of yeah, yeah, it's just. That shot wasn't the greatest, but I still love the story. Yes, the
0: story the is the incredibly characters. original.
1: Well, yeah. uh, it spawns so many sequels.
0: Oh, and that's the thing. Yeah. I have a blast with the sequels because Pinhead has way more to oh, yeah. do with, with the sequels, you know? Yeah. And he really is the bad guy for the most part in the sequels. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just he's just so scary.
4: He's a, Here's what I like about my thing about Pinhead. It's like... For the most part, I don't like a lot of the sequels in Hellraiser. After four, it gets a little
0: dicey. Especially the later, later ones get really dicey. Like Judgment. But three, I know you're saying, hell on earth.
4: Yeah, three is amazing. He has some great lines in that. I've not actually seen that one. Oh, it's it's a treat,
1: for sure. Awesome. Uh, What's number four on your list, Andy? Number four on my list is a very influential horror film. I would say it's... um, Really inspired, well, uh, the type of horror film that is still very lucrative these days, and that's George Romero's *Night of the Living Dead*. Ah, I see. Um, I mean, quite frankly, it's it's just the beginning of the zombie movies. I would say, I mean. If, I mean I don't know if there was one before it, yeah. but it kind of started it all, and it's become this juggernaut that I would say is mostly bad, as far as <laughs> what's being made now. Um, yeah, Fast Zombies. Fast now. Zombies are the worst, man. Uh, Zack Snyder, you, you so son of a there. bitch. Um, <laughs> um, but this is one that I would argue that has very interesting follow-ups that come along, too, later. Oh yeah. Especially Dawn of the Dead. The original Dawn of the Dead, um, even Day of the Dead is, has its interesting. Yeah. Um, but but Night of the Living Dead is so impossibly old looking now, and yeah, yeah, and it's done on a very minimal budget. Uh, it's pretty inventive for what it has to work with. Um, you know, uh, it, this this was, what it's it's over fifty years old now. I think. Yeah. Um, late sixties. But yeah, this is a very traditional, and this is the OG way, this is the way you're supposed to tell. The way the zombies are supposed to basically exist. Slow-mo zombies. Slow-mo zombies. That's the concept. That's the whole concept
4: in general. It's not that they are really Aggressive. No, it's just like they don't have really thoughts. Yeah, it's just there. It's such a mass that you have to
1: deal with. And right, that's the terror, and it's like it's that's just, what it is. Yeah, it's the horde. There's no motive. No, there's just there's an abundance of them. Yeah, and so that's what's kind of uh, claustrophobic in a way to the viewer and to the into the people being attacked. And this movie. It's just too influential. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. had to put it on here. Yeah. At number four for I mean. me.
4: Just and not only is it's just so influential, but the message. Like it, this movie has a really strong subtext. <laughs> About racism, yeah, in the country, and mm-hmm. yeah. it's and it, it, that's the thing with a lot of George A. Romero's stuff. After that, especially with Dawn of the oh, Dead see. and uh, Day of the Dead, oh, right. they all have some sort of underlying critique yeah. of society as a whole, which I re- wow. really appreciate. It's done very well, and not only is it giving you a message,
1: but it's also very entertaining at the same time. Yeah, he has a great balance between the yeah. the, um, the message, but also keeping it very uh, almost like. <laughs> Accessible, yeah.
0: Too. Yeah, he's not beating you over the head
1: with it. No, no, yeah. No. It's not. It's not yeah. like a message movie. It's f- done intelligently, screaming at you, yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, number four on my list is 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: Mm. All right, more West, um, more West Craven,
0: more, more West Craven into the mix. <laughs> Look, I don't. This is another example of I don't think this movie looks great. You know, yeah, it's not particularly great looking. It's kind of dark. Um, yeah, you can't even um, see a lot of things. It's not well lit. It's, Maybe that's no. on purpose. It, it, the acting's not that great either. No. But um, but I give this extra points because it is so original. I mean, the story is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, it is extremely original. It's one of the most original horror films I've ever I've ever come across.
4: Yes. Now talk about a franchise that has legs. <laughs> With this, it's like literally the sky's the limit you're dealing with the dream world and that's something that I've always taken away from this franchise but especially with this movie the
0: kills in it are amazing yeah and like and and, and the, the the longer and longer like the later sequels it, it does start to get really cheesy yeah. but even then you kind of have to forgive it because it's an, so much fun yeah, and there's it's so much fun cheesy though yeah but there's so much fun to be had in this world that's like well why not do yeah. it it's why just, not like, do it well, go for it for it well, we can so we will and that's what makes wes craven's new nightmare one of my favorite horror films of all time oh, yeah. yeah because it takes this already just brilliant idea and is like let sky's the limit with it let's let's really go balls to the wall meta and original well
1: with with, like you said with living in the dream world and existing there freddy's never going to die yeah you can't really you kill can't him kill freddy no which makes it very interesting i don't I still have never seen the reboot with I, Jackie Earl Haley. So I I've have to. I've heard bad things. I hear it's yeah. one
0: of the most astonishingly bad films well, the, ever. they yeah. make him
1: like a child predator or something? Well, he, yeah. he, he it, is, he is well, a they child
0: molester. but straight up pedophile. Yeah, yes. they it's, make him like super scary.
4: It's implied in the first one. This one is just like, oh, yeah. He, yeah, they
0: really he drive it home on this. Yeah. Um, I feel... I.
4: I i get what they were trying to do with it they were trying to capture that original spirit after having Freddy be so funny and just sort of like someone you almost rooted for in a way they tried to get him back to being the scary guy that you were introduced to but it just didn't work out it's just yeah it was
1: it felt really flat i feel like i can miss it i don't i don't think i need to see it no you're fine you don't know
0: but no, I mean, Freddy versus Jason. On the other hand, oh, Freddy yeah. versus Jason is a lot is stupid, <laughs> but it is a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it is. Oh yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, but this this original one. I mean, we would have none of those other films that we were talking about if it weren't for this. And we probably. I, I mean, you were saying that uh, that Night of the Living Dead um, had a lot to do with with shaping the way horror films. Uh, were made and how they, you know, the the whole arc of the horror film as a genre. Yeah, this one also was super influential, especially throughout the rest of the 80s and going into the 90s. So, oh yeah, it's like you know,
4: full on cultural phenomenon.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're getting to that point in the list where these are all going to be like probably extremely v- influential films oh, yeah. so speaking of what's number four on your list so we already talked
4: about my number four and that is scream
0: ah we're back to Scream. or oh, Wes yeah. craven all right <laughs> this is uh, the guy is pretty darn good yeah i mean yeah. It, well
4: scream just really it was nostalgic and fresh at the same time and that's what i i really took away from it it's one of those movies that when I start thinking about when I started out watching scary movies, that's the one that really sticks out in my mind. Uh, the characters are all really fun. they're uh, they're archetypes, but they're done in very good ways. Uh, like for instance, Randy Randy is yeah, a, he's a nerd through and through, but he's also that guy who's there to give you your your uh, your uh, Oh,
0: I just lost the word. Comedic relief. Comedic <laughs> release
4: or relief. Uh he gives you all the rules to the horror movie. So yep. it's just like he's really that anchor to the the past with this tradition of horror giving
1: you okay, so you can do this but you can't do that. If you do this you're dead. It's just Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 um kinda like the voice, the channel from the directors and the writers to the audience of he's like the nerd. He's like yeah. the guy that knows everything about just the rules, like you said, the rules of slasher movies and things yeah. like that. He's the direct line to everything, yeah. to conveying it to the audience.
0: It's the only time I remember liking Jamie
1: Kennedy. Uh, <laughs> Malibu's like most, Malibu most wanted. There we go.
0: It, that, is never, a, never seen it. that is Malibu's a
1: really dumb, anymore. bad movie, but it's never so much fun. It's very, yeah, but it's, it's really it's fun. Dumb, but it's I think funny. he's even better in Scream 2. Now, Scream 2... I would argue is the better. I think it might um, be the best one yeah, of all of them.
4: Yeah, I really enjoy Because so they shows. amp up the fun in that yeah, one. Yeah, and it's just it, that place, and especially that one, is a time capsule. I just remember that there's one scene in that where they're chasing around the field trying to, you know, find the killer who's talking on a cellular device. Yeah. And it's just so exciting. It's like, who are... Just now thinking of like, who? How many people had cell phones in like 1998? Like that. True.
1: <laughs> like, that you know, first know. scene too. That great first scene with Jada Pinkett and, oh, and Omar yeah. Epps. Oh yeah, so Which much fun.
4: Touched on the African
1: American <laughs> plight of horror, but then never speaks about it again.
0: Yeah, right.
4: <laughs> but you know, beggars can't be choosers. All
0: right. Well, we are in the top three now. So, so it, it's time for for real bangers. Andy, what do you
1: have at number three on your list? Ah, uh, three for me is um, Sam Raimi's the evil dead so same here (laughs) it's my number three as well nice uh this is another franchise which actually this is a little bit different than some of them in that i think they're all good Mm -hmm. all the films in the franchise are at some level of good Uh, Um, i know most people prefer the second one Mm -hmm. i do not i think this is the best one i really love this debut but i think Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn, is one of the great horror movies. Really, I think it's too silly. See, oh, that's why I love it.
4: I'm Army of Darkness. Really, yeah, that's, that's even more one. silly. Yeah. yeah, that that is. It's so ridiculous and over the top, but it works. But that foundation of the Evil Dead just opens you up to such a rich, like sort of landscape of the necronomicon Mm -hmm. yeah the chaos it creates with the deadites
0: i I think the reason that i like this one the best is i think it's the scariest it's the most serious it's legit scary to me i remember the first time i saw it i was an adult well into my adulthood when i saw it for the very first time and it scared the shit out of me man like
1: it's one of the scariest movies i've ever seen still to this day as silly as it can be it was done on a shoestring budget Mm -hmm. um But it also really didn't know yet that Bruce Campbell was silly.
0: Yeah, yeah, it, um, it hadn't no. quite figured that out. you could tell that like he had the, the, the his face had it, you know, it, oh, yeah. that very charismatic face where he could contort it oh. in Jim Carrey like ways, for you know. Sure. Um, it, it did definitely got that, but it didn't know that he had this very interesting sense of humor mm-hmm. that they didn't definitely didn't play on until the second one, and then uh, and then very amped it up so to considered. eleven on, yeah. on Army where of Darkness
1: claymation in sequence. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, this is a great franchise. Yeah, um, I I just heard recently that they're 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 back. They're doing another Sam one. Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Oh, will be doing another one.
0: I see. So did you see the remake from a few years ago? No, the, I saw the, the Fede remake.
1: Alvarez one. I hated it. Ugh. I didn't see it. Conflicted about it. It
0: looks great. It's it's yeah. really well shot. I just I hated it, it just, man. So
4: many of the. Choices from the characters were all wrong I felt like the way that they
1: Dealt with the violence in it They took it way too serious Way too serious See when I think of the evil dead I think of Bruce Campbell yeah, And I did not want to see a, a, an Evil Dead movie without him.
0: Yeah, and there wasn't any, like, Bruce Campbell yeah. uh, substitute, you no. know, in that film.
4: No, not at all. It, it took it... Just the base of the film alone was pretty dark, and it's Extremely just Extremely like, dark. It's like, wow, this is really heavy, especially yeah. from a franchise where you expect uh, sort of, like, levity to it. Yeah. A
0: little bit of levity? Geez. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> bam. So it was okay, very yeah. bleak. Yeah. 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 Um, what's number three on your list, then? Uh, so... We've already talked about my number three, too. And that is Candyman. Candyman. I was hoping it was going to be Candyman. Nice. Yeah. Nice.
4: Candyman is just one of those films that every time I watch it, I kind of forget how much I like it. Um, it's just, again, another very interesting premise. And what I really like about this movie is that, like, it feels like it could be an actual urban legend. It really like makes itself seem like this is something that is out in the real world. It's something that carries weight and heft. And it's just really fascinating to see this character sort of grip with like, oh, so this story is now happening to me. How do I convey people that an urban legend is actually happening?
0: Yeah, with, without them thinking that I'm insane. Yeah. Yeah. And
4: not only is the story, again, interesting, but it deals with a lot of things that we deal with today. Uh, race relations, uh, classism, gentrification. It's yeah. all in this film, and it's just one that's surprisingly poignant to the climate that we are living in today. It yeah, is- it holds up,
1: right? Yeah. It really and and does. I like what you said, it, it exists in a very real setting. The, the Chicago portrayed in this—it just feels like you could it, step into the world. It
0: actually feels like Chicago, as opposed to some of these other films where they try to portray a city, but it's just like they're just using the name of the city. Yeah. The city has absolutely nothing to yeah, do with it. Yeah, and they filmed and in this that in one, it really did. kind of thing. They no, were talking about Cabrini Green, and yeah. they went to Cabrini Green and yeah. shot it there. You know what I mean? Very
4: like, real place, a very palpable energy yes. about seeing it, and it's—it's it's really unique to see such an urban setting, especially with people that you don't really deal with in this type. of of genre really have the focus on it, and like not only are you dealing with the horrors of society, there's also this like you know ghost mask man going around that you must adhere to also. So yeah, the the bees the coming out of his face. Too, <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, did you see Farewell to the Flesh? Either one of you? I did. I did not. And I've watched Farewell to the Flesh often.
4: That one. Um. <laughs> I like that one not nearly as good as the first but in that one you sort of explore uh daniel robidize i, I believe that's Candyman's real name uh his uh-huh. origins so that one takes place in new orleans mm. you really get to see uh what happened between him and the woman that he was painting how he got the hook why there are bees associated with him so it kind of fleshes out well
0: not to be uh,
4: that guy,
1: but yeah. It
4: no, really gives. You had to do points. it. You've <laughs> both done it. Now I'm up next. <laughs> we'll,
1: see. we'll see where I can pun. It really
4: <laughs> establishes his backstory, which right. I appreciate with that one.
0: All right. Well, number two, Andy.
1: What about for you? Number two for me is um, one of the one of the just not just a great what? debut, but one of the great. Achievements in horror, I think, as far as what they had to work with. Um, I mean, literally, no one got paid making this movie. That's John Carpenter's Halloween. Um, it's man, this is just—it's just talk about kind of at the forefront of the slasher movie. Oh um, yeah, for better or for worse. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's not—it's not. It's not not this movie's fault that so many slasher movies were terrible after it. Um, this one, man, 1978, right? Yep, 41 years old right now, and it's still going strong. I was thinking
4: of.
1: It kind of put Jamie Lee Curtis on the map. Uh, I mean. She had a chance Because you know I'm sure she Got a little bit Pushed to the front Based on her You know Lineage Her upbringing And her already famous You know Mother um, That was the star psycho But um Regardless The heroine in this movie Is To this day It's Oh yeah Incredible to watch Um John Carpenter man The way he Kind of DIYs things Yeah Um Like for instance, the long extended opening shot that is just an it's a POV shot of Michael Myers as a child. Um kind of just well, becoming Michael Myers. Um there's so many long uh kind of meditative (laughs) shots in this movie. Let's not forget the score is is, amazing. Um by John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah, he
0: did it himself. Um.
1: It's just—it's one of those iconic scores in horror history.
4: Oh, yeah. It's like when you hear that One song, note in yeah, and you know what it is. Instant.
1: hmm like, There's something to be said for that, too. Um, and Donald Pleasance. Donald Pleasance adds a great layer to this. He
4: is a wonderful
1: addition to this yes, movie. Yes, he is. Um, now, there are a ton of sequels. <laughs> we got to talk about them a little there bit. There are a lot. A lot some lots of terrible.
0: There's remakes, too. Oh. Yeah. There's multiple re- remakes
1: I as well. I would argue that the most recent one is good. Yes. That's not really a remake, though. That no, is that's a true. direct sequel.
0: A direct sequel from the original, mm-hmm.
1: th- uh, treating it as if none of the other films ever happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but yes, yeah, some of those in there. Oof. Rob Zombies versions. Ay, oh. Resurrection's terrible. Halloween
0: H2O. H2O is kind of fun. I, for I, what it is. I don't hate H2O.
1: No, but it's way better than Resurrection. Oh, yeah. Resurrection is oh, terrible. No, which one's known as the one with Busta Rhymes. <laughs>
0: which one's the one that Took has. the treat, motherfucker. <laughs> or which one's the one that has Josh Hartnett in it? That's H2O. That's H2O. Yeah. H2O? Okay. yeah. All right. But then there's the third one that has nothing to do with Michael Myers. Season of the Witch. Oh,
4: yeah. I do you like it. There's like okay. there's a debate. Se- Season of the Witch to me. It's not a good movie, but it's so damn fun. It's just it's it's almost whimsical and how crazy it is. It's like you have androids, it's the druids. Well, it's uh, it's, but,
1: it's known as the one that Michael Myers is even in.
4: Yeah, which right? was really confusing. Yeah. I would imagine for audiences, you have Halloween, Halloween two, Halloween three, Season of the Witch. Oh, we're gonna make it an anthology now.
0: It's about television.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Why are you going
0: to spoil yourself with too much TV, everyone? So I, I think before we finish about Halloween, I guess in the interest of full disclosure, I do have to admit, I'm not a big fan of this movie. I want to know And why. I get a lot yeah. of shit for not <laughs> being a big fan Is of this Is it
1: because it's, it's not m- a movie about Mike Myers, the it's, comedian who look, plays it, Austin Powers? It's not that I don't... Whoa! <laughs> it's not that I don't like this movie I just don't love this movie oh, yeah. that's
0: all I, I just I, I, the directing I, the, the look of the film the, I guess it's not the directing as much as it's the cinematography it just doesn't look great if you were it's dollars a good looking movie, even movie. Sound that great. <laughs> what would your movie look like and look and we've had this conversation before and that's my point is that like I very much respect what it did with the budget that it has I mean I, I'll give it all the praise in the world mm-hmm. but but that doesn't mean that I think that it's better than a whole bunch of other films like Scream, you know? I still, Halloween is a way better film than Scream. I think Scream looks a hell of a lot better and I have more fun watching it. Compare I just, the budgets. I, I know that I'm in the in the vast minority in this, and I know that I'm probably also just wrong. But, <laughs> no, you're not but wrong. I think I just, you're wrong. I just don't love this film. I, I, I respect it and I kinda like it. I just don't love it. Yeah. I, I can understand that. And I'm like that with my Multiple You know Classical horror films I don't love Texas Chainsaw
1: either That's why we're doing this You know Like all opinions And I don't
0: love uh, Night of the Living Dead I know I I, But again Also I don't really love Horror movies Yeah Either So true uh, I'm, I'm, Why are you even here? This is me being really <laughs> cynical about it. You know what I mean? Um, so, which brings me to number two on my list, which is Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Ah. Uh, I went with Psycho uh, for number two just because... I, well, it's seminal. It's 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 super super uh, influential, um, and it's directed impeccably. Yes. The movie is fantastic looking, um, and the score right is terrific. It's yeah. still kind of scary at times, yeah, well, because Norman Bates. Uh, um, uh, He's in every man. Anthony Perkins is such a good actor. I mean, he's uh, I rewatched it the other day because I hadn't seen it in years and years and years. He's in transit. He's a really good actor. It surprised me how natural he was in some of these scenes. Uh Um, And then at other at other times he's such a terrible liar. But like that's also kind of really good acting as well. Yeah. To be that good at it without it looking like super blatant. Yeah. You know? Well, the writing's Um, so
1: good too. That
0: helps a ton too. And I just, I, I think all the performances are really good, but it's just, it's, it kind of blows me away how, how really great some of the shots and camera well, angles are. are his movement. I mean, talk about influential
1: it, director. The, the movie came out in yeah.
0: 1960. <laughs> the movie came out in 1960, so he shot this thing in the 50s and it's, I mean,
1: it's, it's still, it looks phenomenal. It's kind of amazing to think that this movie even had sequels. I almost refuse to believe it.
0: It's funny. The, yeah. the, the Psycho 2 didn't come out until 1983. 20, yeah.
1: 23 years later.
0: And Anthony Perkins still played Norman yeah. Bates. He even played yeah, him again. In, in the third one. Yeah. Four years later in the third one.
1: <laughs> and then that amazing. ridiculous shot for shot remake of the original by oh, Gus Van Sant. Oh, with man. Anne Haesch and, Vince, and Vaughn. Vince Vaughn. That was, yeah. it was so what happened there? Necessary. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, don't know. I still think it's kind of good though because was well, lo- the same movie it's just the same cover. movie exactly. i love gus van sant and i yeah. love vince vaughn but that doesn't mean that movie's good yeah it was just like looking back on it, it's just like why We yeah. 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 already have the come on original. true come on guys yeah it's if just, you're gonna remake it at least you do something yeah it's just, you don't need like, to, remake something something. to put your own yeah. spin yeah. Yeah. on it although i
4: did love Anne hache and janet lee's uh role yeah I think she, did she looked, looked a lot like her yeah yeah
0: Anne hache is a really good actress she doesn't do it very often yeah for sure what is number two on your list brandon so number two on my list is alien oh okay we should have told you that we weren't counting alien otherwise we would have put it on oh, the list Oh no. we definitely would have see, put it on I the list i can see i but can we see can, why but, you would have it though but let's on. go I, ahead and talk I, about okay. it because it would have been very high on on my list
4: yeah. so i mean it's i, I not, still yeah. consider alien a horror movie uh, it's just this one i really just enjoy because you don't see a lot of like sci fi horror done well.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And this
4: one, of course, just really started it off, and it's just there's something terrifying about something else haunt, hunting you, but especially being prey on something that you don't really understand in an area that's so isolated. It's really terrifying. And another thing that really draws me to this movie is just besides the, the isolation and like, claustrophobia uh, it the whole bastard. thing is how this alien attacks it's just so invasive like parasitic it's sort of like it, it's a foreshadowing to body horror to me because mm-hmm. it just sort of attaches itself to you it uses you as a vessel and it's pretty much yeah you're, you're just a vessel to it <laughs> like john hurt <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) It's, It's just something about it is terrifying. The performances are great. And I think I uh, that owes a lot to the direction because oh, at the time the cast didn't know what was going on. Yeah, so all the
0: directing those, is excellent. Yeah. it looks it's, it's another beautiful. one that looks really good.
4: Uh, story, multi-dimensional. It, it's just it's one of those films that I come back to and it's just like
0: this feels ahead of its time. Yeah, and I, I think it gets extra points for like for production design too. Oh yeah, because like the spaceship layout, oh, like even just the layouts of like the the cockpits of the ship oh, and like the, the f- buttons and everything. And they, you know, like the, a lot of films like this, try to go over the over the top, being like st- trying to predict what technology is going to be like in the yeah. future. This one just does it
1: simple and like yeah, it's we're like, at the okay. 40th year too, right?
0: I think this is mm-hmm. the this 40th, 40th anniversary. anniversary. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and it looks still looks amazing. It still looks really, really great, mm-hmm. and it's legit scary. Let yeah. me just say, I love I love what Ridley Scott has done with the newer ones. You can say if you like them and hate them or I think they're all still they mostly their, good. Yeah. They have their good parts. They do. I like that he's back in the franchise. Yeah,
0: me too. Me too. While he's still alive. People were very split on
1: (laughs) Prometheus. I liked it. Yeah, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I I really... Enjoy. I'm sorry, but I enjoyed Alien Covenant. I, I, read
0: I like. It. I enjoyed it. I like yeah. Alien Covenant too. Mm. I think it's good.
1: Do you uh, look, really?
0: I, the problems I have with the film are just that you know people make terrible, Ter- terrible decisions. That's what I know. Makes Billy Crudup so is so dumb, Terrible decisions man. that also go that fly in the face of like yeah. what's best for them.
4: But it's, but it's, whatever. They're trying to sabotage themselves the whole movie, and it's just like guys. Come on, please.
1: Yeah. I know. There are a couple of characters in that movie that are just like,
0: "Come the fuck on!" Yeah. But this is—I think this is a franchise that has very few misses. Very few misses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never I think, saw I the think, Jean-Pierre Junet one. Think that one's bad. I never saw that one. But I, I, other than
1: that, I—I I have to say, I pretty much like all of them. Honestly, most people would argue that they like James Cameron's sequel even more than when these guys. And I don't agree with that. You no, know, it, well, it changes it. it I it like them both the even. Well, it, it, James Cameron's incapable of being. A slow burn. Director. Yeah, no. Like Ridley Scott is very comfortable in that mode. Absolutely. James Cameron's like, all right, let's go, let's and, go. And Cameron, yeah, it's just like
0: Cameron relies a lot more on visuals and effects. He's great at it. Yeah. And, the, and the and the and the creatures than he necessarily does
1: the story. It's fun. He gathers Bill Paxton up for the for yep. the ride. He's a lot of yep. fun. He's a lot ah, of fun. Game fun over, man. Yeah. Yeah. Game over. Line. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we are down to the
0: number one spot. We are. Uh, This is it. What's number one on your list,
1: Andy? Um, This is not a franchise I like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it is a first film in a franchise that is, I think, the greatest horror film ever made. Mm. And that's The Exorcist.
0: Yep. Ah. That is my number one as well.
1: Oh, ah. and you watched that today. Um, I did
0: watch it today <laughs> here in your house. What an achievement this movie uh, is. This movie is excellent. It's really, really good. <laughs> films. It's just movie. a great film,
1: yeah. yeah. I think it's not just a horror film, one of the great films of all time. Yeah. Um, there is something inherently evil, and, 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 and there's something that he had, William Friedkin extracts yes. from basically everyone in this movie but most of all Linda Blair who had never acted before this uh, which is
0: really surprising because she's really good in
1: it Uh, I mean it almost you almost feel for her in this movie like as a person yeah. As a outside like just Linda Blair, like, yeah. I wonder what kind of trauma she went through making this movie. You For know? sure,
4: what, what was she like? Eleven at the time. Maybe her character Maybe. is
1: her character is twelve, but I don't know how old she yeah. was at the time. And this is based on something that really happened to a boy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, and uh, so I, I always forget the the um, actor's name who plays the priest in this movie, the, the young Jason Miller. Okay, and I do he really was, remember him from anything else. It's
0: because he was a he was a playwright mm. um, who had never uh, acted in a, in like a motion picture before. Well, he's good in this. Um, and they they picked him for it. So he's oh, wow. pretty good in this. Yeah, he's very good in this. Well, uh, one of the things that I found that was really interesting about this film was um they didn't really like give it a huge release because they weren't sure it was going to do very well. Yeah, and then. They there was huge crowds. I mean, it's sold out. And, well,
1: and, it spawned a, quite a reaction. Yeah, big
0: time. <laughs> and and this anecdote I found really interesting it says. Um, none of the theaters that they did because they only showed it in like a, a very uh, 30 screens and 24 theaters um, none of the theaters were in African-american neighborhoods such as south Central Los Angeles since the studio didn't expect black people to take much of an interest in the film um, after the theater in predominantly white Westwood of LA um, uh, was showing the film and they were overwhelmed with moviegoers from south Central they quickly the studio quickly decided oh we got to put this out in more and more uh, uh, theaters then and then that just boom, sh- just drove it straight up the box office. Oh, wow! Yeah, no, The, the Exorcist
4: was a phenomenon. Yeah, and it's just the way that it impacted audiences, I think, was similar to what happened with Psycho. Oh, yeah,
0: is, it was just so just well, it's like that on steroids. Though. Yeah, I mean, there's 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 uh uh to- talk that people were um having miscarriages in, in the audience at seeing it and like and like having
1: seizures for and, and throwing up and like having to leave yeah. my and dad so. told me a story one time when this came out he took a date to this movie <laughs> and <laughs> the, the, his date hid her face in his basically his shoulder for three-fourths of the movie. Wow. Because she was affected by what was being kind of um, put out there at the time. She had heard the stories. She was very afraid to go see this with him. And she basically missed the most of the movie. (laughs) And he had to just basically like... Hold her ears shut for half the movie too. Wow! It sucks. And he just thought, "What the hell's the problem?" I'm this. Whatever. <laughs> but he didn't just. He didn't just
0: take her to go get some Baskin Robbins or something. Like, look, maybe this isn't yes, for you later on.
1: This isn't for you. Let's, <laughs> let's 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 jet. I'm sure they went for some lasagna later or something. But. No, uh, I thought that was a fun story though. Uh, yeah. But he did actually see people like throw up in bags That's in the movie crazy. theater. Yeah. Unbelievable, right? I mean, this movie is terrifying though. It, it is really legit is, scary. It has this escalating terror it gets scarier and scarier as oh it goes oh my god and yeah. the score is beautiful yeah. score and then there's that moment that's just one of those iconic moments of the staircase oh. and that score at the end yeah. of that movie that just is mean, just like my. I mean, I've got you. Can, you do. I yeah. see goosebumps on you right now. My uh, yeah. hairs are raising on my arm yeah. right That movie is. If I, had, I still haven't done it. I've always wanted to do this. I don't know if you guys ever thought of this. Make, make a 100 favorite films you've ever seen. Just personally, yeah, this would be on my list. Oh, nice! I love this film. Yeah,
0: yeah, this this movie is terrifying and beautiful and well acted. It's it's a perfect film. We yeah. love William Friedkin on this podcast. We definitely do. We are Friedkin freaks, the <laughs> <laughs> Freakins. Uh, Brandon, what's number one on your list? Yet again, we've already talked about it, and that is Psycho. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right, <laughs> nice. Psycho. Psycho
4: is my number one. Hell yeah! Eight, it's one of those movies that again, like. Said you really don't associate it with being a franchise just because that first one is so iconic, it's all pretty much anyone cares about. I mean, mm-hmm. two and three were okay, but it, everybody knows Psycho is the one that. It's just one of those movies.
0: It started it all. Yeah. It's the original slasher. Yeah. It's
4: so influential. It still looks great now. Again, some of those camera angles, I still don't know how they did. Like Amazing. when uh, the, the detective is falling down the stairs. That moment is terrifying, and it looks excellent. Um, and just imagining audiences in 1960, seeing that sort of violence on screen. Yeah. And it causing such a phenomenon that people weren't taking showers.
0: Yeah, it's, they were afraid to take showers.
4: Yeah, it's it's just one of those films that has such a legacy.
1: And it's still, in my eyes, it holds up. It's, it's classic, it's iconic, it's beautiful. Well, in 1960, it was a slasher movie in a sense, but it was also a psychological slasher movie. Yeah. True, and I'm sure that, that twist
0: shocks some people. Oh, yeah.
1: That balance is not often achieved, even now. No. You're either a straightforward slasher movie or... you're a psychological thriller. Yeah. Yeah. Not usually both. No. And it really
4: did a good job of making Norman Bates empathetic too. Uh, It's just... Watching it and being at the end of the film, you kind of like... You're almost rooting for it. Yeah, it's just like, you know what? I see why you did it. Yeah. I'm not excusing
0: it, but I I wouldn't have done it, but I see why you did it. Yeah, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's, it's just... All around, so well-rounded yeah. So good uh,
0: it's, I love that movie I love, love, love this movie um, We are going to take one last break But when we come back um, It's my favorite part of the show It is the throwback challenge So stick around, Brandon's going to going to Stay with us and he's going to do the throwbacks With us as well uh, You're listening to the Film Harmonic Podcast
3: <laughs> I gave my heart a-
0: To the film Harmonic, uh, I'm sitting here with Andy Ferguson and Brandon Brown, and we are gonna dig into my favorite part of the show, the throwback challenge. Um, last week, Andy challenged me with Ty West's babysitter horror flick, The House of the Devil, and I gave him the Austrian creepfest, Good Night, Mommy. So we'll start, as always, with you, Andy. Uh, let's discuss Goodnight Mommy. Let's talk
1: about it. So we've we've all seen these movies, yes. Um, I'm assuming you've seen Goodnight Mommy recently. Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah, I watched it yesterday. Uh, man. Uh, <laughs> where to start with this thing? Uh, it, it's, uh, it's basically a movie with three people. Yeah, it's, it's all... There's, there's, a, there's one stretch where there's two older, like an older couple... So like a ten, maybe a five to ten-minute scene in this movie. And that's it. Outside of the three main characters, which are a mother and two nine-year-old twin brothers. That live in this quite interesting looking uh, home. Cool modern like yeah. home out in the out in the woods. So, yeah. Yeah, really sweet place. Yeah. <laughs> but then you start to feel like, oh God, we're in dog tooth land or something. It does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 very contained, uh, the world. To the point where you're like, does anything exist outside of this? Um
0: So So for our listeners who haven't seen it um, Goodnight Mommy is the story of These two uh, uh, twin Nine year old boys Mm -hmm. Their mother goes to get plastic surgery On her face And when she comes back they don't recognize her necessarily, and they think that she's different and she's changed. And then they think that she's not their mother. This is an imposter. Um, and they're convinced that it's not her. And they're gonna they're gonna fuck with her. Yeah, just say the Boy, do they fuck with her? Yeah, it's a mind fuck of a movie. It sure is. And then and then we do get into spoiler territory, but I think this is a movie that enough people have seen and five years old. It's and it's been out for five years. That we, it's it's. Not not uh, spoiler alert don't listen to the rest of this I don't know why someone would be listening to this segment if they haven't already seen the movie and they're interested in hearing people talk about it but whatever spoilers abound for the next spoke. five minutes yeah um,
4: Well, about the spoiler I felt that it was fairly obvious what this was going to be like, halfway through yes yeah. uh, not even halfway yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you linger on an empty tunnel with one of the boys going in and one looking out it's, it should be implied that, yeah, one of them did not make it back out. Uh, but that being said, it's still really interesting like not knowing if both of the boys are still alive or just one. That dynamic with them interacting with each other and then mm-hmm. them kind of... Second guessing if that's their mother or not And the, the, the dialogue between them Just trying to work out Is this woman Our mother, is she not it, 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 It's, yeah it's
1: Yeah, that whole stretch of the movie Where they're, it's like an interrogation Yeah, 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 yeah. And It's extended and it, There's a lot of uh, repetition to it For good reason But um Um uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, technically, uh, a lot of it's shot really well. Um, I really like that. There's not a lot of score in this movie. That makes no, it it's quiet. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of moments where it builds and builds and builds, especially during a sequence where the mother goes in is in the woods for fully nude. And, um, there's this like like large orchestral moment swells but, yeah but other than that the movie's very quiet yeah
0: and that um, adds to the dread yeah in the isolation it
1: that you feel with the yeah picture. that's the, yeah that's the strongest aspect of the yeah. movie yeah yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, and i think there is something to be said you said that you know you can tell the twist uh, well before the half even the halfway point oh, yeah i think there's something to be said for a film where you already know what the twist is but it still keeps you engaged somehow. Yeah, it's still very you're, and you're still in suspense, you're still captivated by the performances and the look of the film. Like this uh, not a whole lot of films can pull that off. This just happens to be one of them. And especially in that weird like when you watch the Sixth Sense for the second time and you notice that like no one's actually speaking to Bruce Willis, mm-hmm. that kind of yeah. thing. But this kind of has a little bit of that too, you know? Yeah.
4: And, and they kind of acknowledge it in, in some of the dialogue where it's just like, uh, mom's so mad at you, it's, it's, it, why don't you apologize? Stuff like that. Oh, and yes, like, yes. And, and you never really actually see the mom interacting with one of the sons. Exactly. The it's just like what's going on here yeah (laughs) yeah there's a
1: lot of extended scenes where she's only talking to one of the sons yeah and the other one's not even really pictured half the time yeah he's not really
4: engaged with a lot of the conversations Mm -hmm. between the
1: one son and the mother and now we see why yeah yeah Uh, it's an it's an interesting film Um, i do enjoy it i don't love it however yeah yeah Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, but it's so um, like I said I admire the lack of score in this instance, and it's kind of beautifully shot. So I would
0: give it a three and a half. Cool, cool. I think I gave it a four initially. I need to rewatch it to really yeah. figure out what I would give it a, again on a rewatch. Probably a four. I just I, I give it extra points for how good it looks and how well directed sure. and sure. beautifully shot it is. So, um, The film that you gave me this week was Ty West's The House of the Devil. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been much of a Ty West fan. Neither have about I want that out, it, yeah. out, out here right uh, here now. Right out of the gate. Uh, the House of the Devil um, stars a bunch of people we've never seen before and Tom Noonan. <laughs> um, and I love I love anything with Tom Noonan in it. Um, uh, so there's this young girl, and she's in college, and she's hurting for money, and her friend, Greta Gerwig, uh, convinces her to take... You've heard of her. Well, that's true, yes. Uh, she's She doesn't have a whole lot uh, to do that's in this very moment. fun, though. Um, yeah. So she convinces her to take this job babysitting um, that she's seen uh, uh, flyers for um, this older couple um, turns out want her to baby babysit their um, their mother the mother of the husband at least because um, uh, she's an invalid and uh, she needs she needs someone to watch over her but it turns out. That's not really why she's there. Of course not. Um, she's there for culty stuff. <laughs> There's some some satanic ritual nonsense because it's the full lunar eclipse that night or something. Um, the film is all shot in this grainy quality to make it look like it's straight out of the '70s. Even the title cards and like all of the the fonts that are used for the for the. For the text, very very uh, uh, 70s. Um, It's very interesting that he that he chose the 70s uh, wardrobe and look and everything like he's recreating it. Yeah. And he he sticks to it the entire time. He really does. He really does. Mm -hmm. I will Mm -hmm.
4: say one bone I have to pick though. I'm pretty sure people weren't wearing acid wash jeans at that time. That's a good point. That's a very 80s 90s thing. It's like you know. Other than that, it was. I thought, in, in terms of visuals, it was great. Mm. And it really stuck to that time period. It, it felt very particular. You knew where he was coming from with this and sort of setting up the vibe of what this movie was going to be. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: I, I, I hated this movie. <laughs> hated? I legit wow. hated this movie. Everything about it. I did not like it She around for 45 minutes She was just looking around the house for 45 minutes That's all she's doing She's poking around the house What else she's supposed to do? Um, the, the the scene well, Again, spoilers The scene where Greta Gerwig gets her head blown off Whoa, yeah Shocked me yeah. I mean, yeah. shocked me But other than that I, My pulse was really low throughout this film, man Like, uh, um, I, I could have caught some REM uh, at, During certain moments I really could have yeah. um, This is I love
1: the first half of this movie, um, but I think it really tailspins big time. Uh, once you get to the cultish moments, big time. Yes. It, it, it abandons the slow build altogether and gives you, like, well, here we go. It's time to give you what you were here for. Well, I, I just, wasn't here for that.
0: I didn't like the way it looked. I wasn't a huge fan of the performances other than Tom Noonan actually is really good at this. I mean, he's good at that. Um, I I, I didn't care for the the lead. Um, I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't like the score. And I thought it was just really dull. Um, I just legitimately hated (laughs) hated this thing. It was... Oof, an hour and forty-five. I wanted back well, by the end of Joaquin it. Well, if
1: Joaquin Phoenix was in it, uh, then I would have loved it. Yeah, yeah. What, um, what would have happened then?
0: I think I'm giving it like one and a half. Whoa, two maybe. Fair I don't know. I
1: just I couldn't wait for it to be over. Honestly, yeah.
0: maybe that's just because I wanted Andy to come home. But I, lo- I
1: love. It. See, I'm on the opposite end. I don't love this movie, but I like it. Yeah, I like the titles, like you were mentioning. I love yeah. that recreation of the old oh school vintage titles. That part was fun.
0: But that the, the the shine of that wore
1: off Pretty quickly well, I mean, for it's me just It's just the
0: titles, yeah Also, one of my biggest beefs with the film No pun intended again Is um, credit grew with bitches about how the pepperoni pizza Is it, is no good that day Yeah, It looks delicious
1: Yeah, but look at her hair
0: Yeah, the, the Farrah Fawcett the thing was yeah. The hair was great um, Yeah, I just, I couldn't I couldn't I, I couldn't see with this Fair enough thing.
4: Yeah, It's just like Initially I like where they were going with the plot points because the stakes got raised a little higher and higher and higher. But then like you said, it's just people poking around a house for like thirty minutes and it's just like it's that a cool slowed, house. it went but... from a slow build to like a fast halt. Yeah. And it's just like once they get you with the cult stuff, it's just like, well, uh, yeah We could have Did this
1: like 15 minutes ago.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or fifty minutes ago
1: <laughs> Yeah It could have just been A Rob Zombie movie Like the last 20 minutes Are like a Rob Zombie movie Then might as well Just had Rob Zombie Make the movie <laughs> Then they wouldn't have Had the poking around The house the whole time Yeah, yeah. Sherry Moon Fry is the lead Oh yeah, yeah
0: of oh. <laughs> Okay you're right It could have been worse um, So we need to give Each other throwbacks For next week's episode We do yeah. Have you been thinking About what you're Going to give me uh, Yes Because we're not Going to do We're not doing Horror related are we No Okay No so we're going to step out of our mm-hmm. thank you for me i appreciate it um and we're going to go we're going to go completely into left field then, yes right yes um well uh, it is with that in mind that i go ahead and finally make you watch the uh open wheel auto racing documentary senna oh, okay i was, I was um, about I was... Ayrton senna the brazilian
1: yeah. formula one racer yeah, I was fearing that you would give me the transporter, starring. <laughs>
0: I think Jason that's Santa. gonna be. I think that's gonna be next week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I was I was gonna give you the transporter. I was gonna give you the transporter because I thought there was gonna be a bunch of people here, but they got bored with the show and they left. And I I was only gonna do it to be funny, but There's they're not here, now. so I mind. I can I can push up my imaginary glasses and be like, mm, I'm gonna give you this racing documentary. Age master glasses. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. So I I okay. think this is one of the most this is one of the Coolest documentaries you love this movie i've ever seen um let alone sports documentaries all right so if, you, if you're just pitting it amongst other sports documentaries strap in dude because this is this, this is a ride uh, it's a real I'll ride watch it i'll watch it um in, I, and, within a
1: week i'll watch it
0: and i'm really looking forward to watching it again because it's a it's a quick watch too it, one of the great things about the documentary is that there aren't any talking head interviews or anything like that it good. is
1: just good because footage. you know how much i hate that yeah it is
0: just footage and that's it all right and there's, there's, no, there's no
1: narration, nothing. All right, well, I'm giving you... Um, how much Robert Altman have you seen? <laughs> Very little. Any?
0: What do you got for me?
1: Uh, I'm I've seen Popeye. You... I've... <laughs> I want your almost introduction to Robert Altman to be the 1984 film Secret Honor. Okay. Where Philip Baker Hall? Not even played, heard of that one. You know, Philip Baker Hall plays Richard Nixon. Really, oh, Philip Baker Hall does. Philip Baker Hall. I can see that. Plays Richard Nixon, and the entire film takes place in his study in New Jersey, where it reimagines the scenario to where Richard Nixon tries to exalt himself from Watergate and everything that just crumbled around him. Huh. And it's like a testimony. That he's recording. It's on. It's on a tape recorder. Yeah. In his study, alone. He's the only. He's the only person in the whole film. It's about a ninety-minute film of just this document.
0: All right. I'm in. This. So this is a very. These are two very different films. Yeah. Um. That's going to be a really fun throwback, especially when you compare it to what we've been talking about this week and what
1: the other things we will be talking about next week. Speaking of throwbacks, real quick. Yeah. Go ahead. We have Luke Clellan in the room. Uh And we gave him a deadline. That is true. We did. Yeah, he's seven days. Conveniently hiding tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) He claims it'll be tomorrow. No, 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 no. no. It was seven days by the time you heard the episode, which was when Wednesday. Okay, so you have four days. Thursday. We have five days. Well, we expect the fanatic. We expect an email accomplishing this task by
0: tomorrow. All right. well, we want an email to the filmharmonic at gmail.com. It will happen. Okay, appreciate that. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Thank you to Tim and Amanda Green for hosting us here, Andy for letting us use his space, and everyone else for providing such a great evening. Remember to subscribe to the Film Harmonic on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and a generous rating if you're feeling so inclined. Subscribe also on Spotify, Buzzsprout, Amazon Alexa, and Google Play. Send your suggestions, and whatever rants that you want if you're Luke uh for throwback challenges to the film gmail.com next week Andy and I will split up to cover more ground I will have five good questions for him on about Zombieland double tap and he will return the favor to me regarding
1: Maleficent Mistress of Evil And for our pick six segment, we will be ranking the six best slasher films of all time. So
0: add all of that to our newest uh, throwback challenges. And it looks like we have another very full show on our hands. I also want to thank Brandon for being here uh, for segments two and three. Uh, He's our first official guest on the show. And we are very honored that you would come and share your horror expertise with us. The honor is all mine. Well, uh, on that note, do you want to do the, uh, the outro instead? Uh, All you got to do is hold the (laughs) U for a long time. We will see you next time. We will see you
3: next time.
4: On On the the film film harmonic.
3: harmonic. (laughs) (laughs) I am beside you. I am beside you. I am beside you I am beside you Look for me Look for me Inside you, look for me. I try to forget.